1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Hello, I'm Mark Watson. And I'm Michael Chacroverti. Welcome to Mankind. We talk to a fantastic range of guests about, well, masculinity. Where does it come from? What does it mean? And what is it? Basically. Every week we loosely, very loosely, sometimes very loosely talk about issues around maleness, gender identity, that sort of thing. What makes people people, really? Exactly. Hello, dear old Mark Watson here. Up on the Impatient Productions roof, which some of you will uh, have seen on the um, popular series Live at Five on Instagram. I'm here to do an intro on my own, as I sometimes do. For this episode, this is the... So the, there is some noise. Um, if you've seen it on Instagram, you'll know there's always sirens, always car horns. Anyway, um, it's very real. We're a very real company, I think, Impatient. So the uh, this episode, this is easily the longest gap ever between an episode being recorded and the intro. It's almost a year ago, in fact, because this is one of the two special episodes we recorded live in front of an audience at last year's Edinburgh Fringe. The guest is uh, a brilliant person, Reuben Kaye, Um but other than that, of course, I can't remember a bloody thing. I do remember that we loved it and the audience were really appreciative and it was generally a successful experiment. This was released to the patrons a long time ago, but is now, as it were, on general sale. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it when I listen to it, which I'll have to, because I don't, as I say, remember it. For the first time live, my horses, Michael
0: Jack
2: Christ for Mighty Mate, show some stamina. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, Anyone that's been here for the whole fringe won't sympathise with you saying that was a long yeah, walk. I, I don't <laughs> I arrived three hours ago. Hello. Nice to see you all. Thank you for coming.
1: We haven't done one of these before, so it's going to be as much an experiment for you as it is for us, but hopefully it'll all go well. I think
2: it will. We've got a good guess. I think that was a pretty encouraging sell for the audience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully yeah. this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, been, I've done that. That's been my vibe for years. I'm getting away with it. Um, <laughs> should we briefly explain what the podcast is for anyone that hasn't listened to before? Yes. We won't ask who has because we're setting ourselves <laughs> up for disappointment. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast where Michael and I talk about... Uh, with guests about masculinity. We've done 50 episodes, um, some of you definitely do listen to it. And, um, well, the bottom line is, uh, I'm not gay, and Michael absolutely is. He, he couldn't he be gayer. Um, well, so, well, uh, practiced. well practiced, well practiced. I don't know, could you? Are you at maximum gay, do you think? Oh, uh, well,
1: considering our guest, I think, probably not. Think probably no, about no, 70.
2: <laughs> There's always more gay out there to aspire to. 80%. Yeah, 50%, yeah,
1: exactly. yeah.
2: Well, we'll let them judge. So anyway, this has been what's become quite a uh, rewarding series of chats. For so I've learned quite a lot from it. We talk about gender. Some of it's yeah, funny. The picture on our flyer
1: is from when we first met, which is quite interesting, because we first met on the first day of doing this podcast. We first
2: met doing the podcast. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's t- a terrible pandemic story, really. <laughs> we, we terrible? We did everything you're not meant to do. Former <laughs> friendship, start a fucking podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> Next thing you know, it's
1: live. Next thing you know, it's live. So for the next 50, 50 episodes, we're going to be doing things a bit differently. We're going to start asking some different questions, and we're going to try them out on a guinea pig this evening. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that we always ask them to introduce themselves, um, as that's the least offensive way of doing things. So we're not going to change that tonight. And, and so you'll also
2: know that Michael always says, as that's the least offensive way of doing things, and it tells you something about Michael. I'm all about problem. not causing offence. You're just you're a very negative energy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's me with my <laughs> happy-go-lucky vibes. Um, <laughs> Always very relaxed to be with you, yes. Very, very relaxed. Uh, nice.
1: Hello, Mr. Guest. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself?
3: Ladies, gentlemen, and those of you brave enough to leave gender in the dust, he may not be the peak of homosexuality, but several men have died at base camp. <laughs> He's the only man who goes to the sperm bank to make a withdrawal. It's
0: for a good <laughs>
2: Well that was a lot like my intro actually
1: Maybe you should introduce yourself to the next show exactly like that
2: (laughs) No? Uh, (laughs) By the way, um, well firstly welcome welcome. 100% gay (laughs) (laughs) uh, 70% 101 (laughs) Galatians
3: and (laughs) (laughs) faggotry
1: So I think we should probably just start Um, Hello Hello. Ruben Uh, Your pronouns are Talented Talented. Uh, Lovely thank you Um,
2: How are you? Are you well? I'm very well.
3: Third so, week of the Fringe, you know. No one's um, ever said
2: I'm very well at Anfield. <laughs> <before."> it's either or, man. a twelve injection. I don't know which way's up. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: sometimes at the start of the podcast, I get a, a strong sense that I'm sort of slightly the odd one out. But in the flesh, it's much more pronounced. I think. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say
3: no. Neither of us or none of us are the litmus test for normality. That's right, and in fact, that is one
2: of the podcast calling cards, We regularly talk about how no one feels or is normal, and that's quite nice. Spoiler for the end, really, there. (laughs) Nonetheless, in terms of straight white man cliches, I've literally got a T-shirt of my own podcast on.
0: (laughs) Basically, this is
3: what happens if school shooters are denied guns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So far. (laughs) That's basically the no more jockeys yet in a different format.
1: Very nice. Um, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So we was well, we ask our traditional first question. We don't have to... one anymore. We've changed it. We've only changed
2: it marginally. Do you want to have a go? At it? Yeah, we're gonna have a go.
1: Um, what, is, uh, what did we say? What was the? I think it
2: was something like we normally you... we normally cut this stuff out. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big big lesson for live shows, Michael. You sort of can't do that. They've seen uh, first it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, oh. when we, when you, uh, yes, when we, we think <laughs> of masculinity, when we say masculinity, what do you think of? Was it that? We're going to start again just in case this does get edited in the future. What are you talking we'll about? It's going ahead. out. This is, <laughs> out. It's
0: like, yeah, it's, this is
2: fucking gold, mate. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think <laughs> of? Oh, <let's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you regret <laughs> playing that Twitter DM now? <laughs> it was awful. So it's awful. It, it like we won't get past or even to the first question here. But let's have one more go. Ruben,
1: what do you think of when you think of the word masculinity? Thank fuck Fuck for that. Yeah, well done, mate.
2: Um,
3: When I think of the word masculinity, I think of it as a really subjective term. It's a bit like um, faith in that it it means so many different things to so many different people.
2: Or cake, I suppose. And it's all all
3: fictional. Um, Very nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've just been
2: thinking about the, the... I do think we need to address the fan because if people are just listening on audio here, they won't. There and is not, a not just a fan, but we should try and do justice to Ruben. Well, there's a kind of like a purpley uh, white light shining on him from behind. I brought that.
1: have <laughs> <You've won. laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. We
1: heard you like things to be behind yeah. as well.
2: And uh, there's a fan gently <laughs> wafting. Uh, here we go. Then. Here we go. Then. <laughs> if you had eight minutes, you've won. We yeah. <laughs> <Here> you go. <laughs>
1: That, that sounds like fun we should right, do that it, it exists it's just normal bingo oh okay there's <laughs> <laughs> a, a fan which uh, proclaims the the words uh, yeah, my gender pronoun is talented yep i've got I'm yeah. part of the problem <laughs> I, also have a, I can't believe i douched for this t-shirt
3: which is <laughs> okay. very much the mode of 2022 <laughs> We have cute little tote bags which have written on "Tote's Mask," which
2: is oh, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, well fuck you if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was so clever that they had to think about it. Right. But, yeah. uh, sort of. um, anyway, <laughs> so, talking about faith and yeah, he, how masculinity doesn't exist. Yeah, you just mm-hmm. said that masculinity is like faith is a sort of uh... well, it's
3: not it's a national concept, right? It's what people either use. They're using it as a reason or as an excuse or as a methodology to sell something to you, mm-hmm. whether that's the army, whether that's cologne, whether that's how we think you should act, which is all part of it, and I hate to kind of get this deep in so quickly, if you're a very white, colonialist, faith Catholic or Judeo-Christian religious attitude. Mm-hmm. Because before then, in uh, First Nations cultures, masculinity wasn't such a hard line, there was such a, there was such a, a huge acceptance of everything. That makes
1: sense. What do you think you use it for? he's
2: just told you we have to yeah yeah for sure Um,
3: no well I'm in an interesting position because uh, I'm a drag performer but I'm a drag performer who doesn't play with gender Um, it's I'm very obviously sort of a masculine form we were going to ask
2: about this this is one of the main yeah. interesting things about your relationship with masculinity, I think. Yeah,
3: I grew up as a super femme sort of child in a very femme household. Like, if you could die quietly while I'm working.
2: Um, <laughs> my
3: dad was, by no means, he was, a, he was a rugby player in school, but then when they said, right, you can make a pro and we can teach you how to really hurt someone, dad was like, mm, I'm going to be a painter. So he was such a, not a femme man but he was such a gentle non-confrontational soft boy right and, um, and my mum's quite a strong strong person so from the outset my idea of what was masculinity and what was femininity and what was strength and what was um, considered weakness was already somewhat tilted and then being um, introduced isn't a forceful enough word but sort of being shunted into Australian 90s Primary school from this European soft boy family into this sports obsessed boys of boys kind of last, last, last. Me, yeah that's that's
2: attitude. That's that's mate.
3: <laughs> thank you very much. Now I understand. mate mate mate.
2: Um, it it just
3: gave me a different a different perspective and my drag as such plays with masculinity and femininity but in the male form, if that makes sense. It's not necessarily about Um, looking like the commercially acceptable version of a woman and it's not about subverting what you think is a what you think is a man and what is a woman. It's talking about what's balancing between what it was (laughs) sounded this is the gay agenda.
2: Michael mentioned we've made a few changes one of them is the podcast is set partly in space now. <laughs> it's a bold change of direction yeah. but yeah you know, we're 50 yeah. well from one void to another um,
3: yeah I think it's um it's about what are the strongest parts of my show and then the audience is open to question whether they were the most feminine or the most masculine and how
1: they view that that's the answer <laughs> cool tech 42 and thanks where, for the where did that come from like how did you kind of get to that place with your drag, wigs are really hot. It's right. <laughs> <So> a <laughs> convenience. No,
3: I, no I, I. think also my drag came out of um, my drag came out of seeing the London cabaret scene, knowing that I didn't fit into musical theatre because that's what you did with a young gay boy. Who was excitable, or a kid you thought might have ADHD in Australia? You're, Just go to musical theatre school. You'll sing, dance, you'll tuck yourself out, and you'll sleep at night. And no, that, that does work, to be fair, a lot. Totally, it yeah. does. Um, but wow. I found musical theatre to me to be a really hierarchical structure that echoed a lot of like shitty high school tropes, really like right. bitchiness, cliqueiness. Your beholden. In, in theatre, you said <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> There are um, unpleasant people in the arts. No, especially not in comedy. <laughs> I, um, no,
2: no, comedy is not theatre, Rupert. <laughs> no, we know. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Sorry about it tonight. Come on. <laughs>
3: um, and I knew I did The repetition of it, the fact that I was being told what to do, told what to wear, told what to say, how to say it. Yeah. Certain people can function in that environment and thrive. I am. Not one of them. And oddly, really,
2: so, nor am I. And I uh, yeah. really resonates with what I'm saying. You know, I got into stand up in much the same way, doing actual plays and stuff, and thinking, "Oh, it's better when you don't have to say the same thing." Though. Yeah, yeah. And so, by different routes, we came to the same conclusion, basically, which is totally. that uh, a lot of the funniest art exists. Sort of. Uh, well, did in you the also fringes. find that
3: when you were in a play or you are in a show and you were sort of bound by that show, you'd walk out and you'd have, excuse me. Didn't know that reflex still worked. Um, you...
2: <laughs> it's, you... It takes skill to get something like that out of that, <laughs> actually, <yeah. laughs> I didn't think the yeah. innuendo was on there. He, he sees passes that other players don't even
3: go for. You are, you've gone through something that day and you're feeling a certain way and it means that, actually, no, this material means something different to me. I want to perform it differently. Yes. Or you read the audience and go, they're not going to laugh at this bit tonight. I want to feel like... You have to respond to that as well. And I loved in Cabaret the freedom... For me and in comedy, to go oh, where's the audience at?
2: Oh, I can come to meet you. For sure, that's that's like three quarters of what I do, mm. definitely, and it's why someone that Fringe is such a great place to perform, and why when you see Fringe shows that are too structured and too obviously the same every night, mm. you do think that was great, but it's not not quite a Fringe no. show. It was that, and also on sort of too clumsy and unreliable to be in an ensemble. <laughs> Twenty years ago, or well, 21 years ago, I was An here. ensemble, uh, sorry. An ensemble. An ensemble. Yeah, have you. You went hard on the bluff there, didn't you? Yes, Michael, I have an A level in French.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually,
2: the French, you're right, would not emphasize that. <laughs> Enfant, en Yeah, but if you talk like that, you're like one of these fuckers that says jalapenos in a Spanish restaurant. Oh. Hey, uh, How do you say chorizo? Like that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my first my first fringe show, or second fringe show, was, was here as part of a sketch group, and uh, I played the Grim Reaper and had a big scythe and a cowl on and one night I, I couldn't find the bit in the curtain where there was a gap so I couldn't get on stage and my co-star, uh, and I'm using that term very generously, was just left to, to improvise on the stage for about three minutes and as I finally made my way to stage, before delivering her line, she said, don't ever do that again, Mark. <laughs> and, uh, it was at that point I thought, maybe stand up then. <laughs> She's in the royal family now, Come on. <laughs> she married into it. Yeah, she's very talented, but she went for money in the end. Oh. <laughs>
0: cool.
2: That was a well, roller coaster. I roller coaster roller coaster roller coaster. could be rich <laughs> enough. <Anyway, laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so your point is that a, a, yeah. a lot of people, um, we're not so different, maybe, um, are attracted to that kind of playfulness and flexibility, which exists both yeah. in cabaret and in
1: Absolutely. stand-up. And that attracted into drag as well kind of oh flexibility. sorry that was the point um, <laughs>
3: worry, which, we did go around the house it's, well, right. normally that, a point yeah. right? I, I knew that if I was going to enter into cabaret by virtue of how cabaret worked um, the aesthetic was going to be part of it and I knew I had to find um, a. it was like a it was like a through point to get to the material I wanted to get to right, right? right. it wasn't that oh I this is part of my gender expression or this is something that's pushing out with me I was like I want to speak on this, to this, and I want to speak about this. The best way to do this is to craft this persona. What a peek behind the curtain you're getting today. Um, <laughs> you have a persona? Shh, don't tell anyone, especially my therapist. I'm buying in bulk. It's um, <laughs> to craft this thing that allows the material to suddenly be emphasized and shine through, and it gives you license, and, and then through that, The aesthetic and the material elevated each other Mm -hmm. and changed. And then they became, they actually became more part of me after the fact. Whereas at the start, they started as, oh, how do these two things Mm -hmm. feed off each other? It's that idea of like being caught between these two things and how do they complement each other
1: in the same way that the the masculine and feminine might do in my shows. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about, about kind of balancing between the two and playing with them both? What about that gives you that license? Like, what's the response?
3: Well, the response is fabulous. <laughs> Apparently um, so.
1: <laughs> She's humble.
3: Uh, that's a really interesting question. I Thank don't you. Know I, if thought, I, I thought yeah. about it. It Just was really good. Was
1: quite quick, I thought. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very Margaret quick. hasn't asked anything yet. It's
3: all been no. for
2: me. We've no, <laughs> had a lovely couple
3: of stories about him as the Grim Reaper, though. We'll bring different
2: things to the, the table. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Anything else from your CV you'd like to rehash? (laughs) I've got one as a closer, yeah. um, (laughs) uh, Yes, meanwhile, for those of you who are regular listeners, that is uh, your your first moment of Michael congratulating himself on a question. Um, (laughs) Those of you with a bingo card, in about ten minutes he'll say a word and then say, what a lovely word. (laughs) Is that truly a thing? Is yeah, that great? Michael quite often has. A I've ris- got a list of good and bad words. He has a very specific relish for some words, so you, you'll know it when you get one. But also, you'll know it if it's a bad word. He's got a weirdly visceral anti-reaction to some Flap. words. Flap, for example, horrible word. <laughs> Any onomatopoeia
3: to me is glorious. But it's not, it's not about the onomatopoeia. It's like the fl and the p. It, that is the onomatopoeia.
2: Oh, is that what that
1: means.
2: Oh, sure. It sounds like the thing. Anyway, John. <laughs>
3: I think we stay on this for a bit. <laughs> I'm much happier with it's stuff like, like it's semantics. Like people, it's like those kind of people who go, "Oh, I hate the word moist." But oh, you're moist being an right. idiot because anything that is moist is meant to be moist. Anything
2: that is damp is not meant to be damp. <laughs> And we're hearing the title of the episode is almost certainly anything that is moist is meant to be moist. Correct. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something moist that doesn't need to be moist. I don't think you need to think for too long, Michael. <laughs> like a um, fungal
1: infection, I suppose. The fungus Yeah, in a take, moist I'll Would you say yeah.
2: that's
3: moist or would you say that's damp? Damp implies a fungal infection of mould and mildew. But I think
1: moist is like an unctuous a a luxur- it has a mouthfeel to
3: moist it. Moist
2: damp damp has like
1: a texture. I think moist is like an active damp, damp. to me.
2: Moist is an active active damp. damp. Moist is an active damp. You heard it here first. Literally here first. No one has ever used the phrase active damp before.
1: (laughs) Incredible stuff. You haven't been on Grind
3: Day. Is (laughs) Is that that your sexual position?
1: He's an active
2: damp. (laughs) It's like in Europe Uh, where they say active and passive instead of top and bottom. Not for the first time since starting this podcast. I'll go to bed tonight and the last words I hear in my mind will be ones I didn't really want out there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he <laughs> anyway, um, said how anyway did you can't, come back I, I, from
0: there. I can't remember where I lives were before. What were we talking
1: down? about before? <laughs> I asked a really good question and now I've forgotten it.
0: Oh, oh about the, the the like, what
1: what about the license? What about your playing with masculinity and femininity gives you license to go there? I think there's a long history of outsiders being truth
3: tellers and it's the same for um the sort of like Slightly shabby comedians. Um, slightly. Then, I was going to say, I'll take slightly. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: slightly, yeah. slightly. Right. <laughs> He's got yeah, something. Yeah. Um, Hi, man. Uh, yeah, great day.
3: Slightly shabby. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then certainly for queer people and visibly queer people, and I had to kind of think about my own queerness as um, as where do I stand in my queerness and do I can I afford the luxury of not being visibly queer?
1: Right. Okay. And that
3: felt like a very important thing for me if I'm getting on stage as a queer person. Like, I want them to know I'm queer from space.
1: Right. You know? It's kind uh, of acting uh, like
3: a sort of alien, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah, and actually, it, uh, I've had all the photos deleted and redacted, but the first few, this, this this starts <laughs> <well>. <laughs> yeah. the first few attempts at faces and aesthetic was like a completely white face with these huge black feather lashes and black eyebrows and black lips and huge black feathers and um, black hair. It was very severe and it was very aggressive. and then as it's gone on, it's sort of softened and elevated and, and kind of gone with the... Is that to do with just
2: feeling more secure in it? Do you think more confident I think, about
3: what it is? I think it's finding a subtler form of transgression, mm.
2: Mm. Perhaps, a, perhaps a more nuanced... Yeah, you throw yourself into the idea of transgression at first, yeah. obviously. Like you're kind of
1: recognizable, but also separate, so you can play with being part of and not part of. People are sometimes uh, more accepting of a hard
3: truth if it's delivered by a great beauty.
1: Oh. She said that before
3: No, that, is, uh, that just came out That's of me main kind of original That just fell out of me <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, is is there Anything there? to fall out of you, Mark? We're or? just going to move on, I think <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, No, I'm not currently actively moist or whatever. <laughs> <be> moist. Actively <laughs> damp, please no, Actively damp, yeah Passively
3: moist I am, uh, yeah <laughs> And by that I mean, so like It's the difference between playing To a queer audience And playing to a majority non-queer audience, Right in that a non-queer, a queer audience will actively celebrate queerness in all forms and oddities and an intentional disregard for beauty, but uh, from my experience, um, certainly before the pandemic, I think this is more true. As in terms of after the pandemic, um, a majority heterosexual audience will take truth from something that is commercially attractive uh-huh. that doesn't that it, can, it only challenges one of their boundaries instead of several at the same time right, otherwise right. they go that's fucking queer that's gay that's weird that's something
2: mm-hmm. did you say an intentional disregard for beauty? Did yeah you? that's interesting as, as in for the for the, uh, the commercial mm. forms of beauty the accepted. because mm. I'd say there's obvious well,
3: there's, everything, everything can be beautiful to someone everyone uh, yeah. is someone's reason to masturbate
2: I wonder who anyway <laughs> Do you make yourself known if it's me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, good, good. You go on. Uh, on I'm think, uh, think about I've something got, for got, a bit. I've got more <laughs> questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shall. I've
2: also got to think about it. Um,
1: we're going to take a quick sidebar. I think uh, you mentioned growing up in '90s Australia. How? What was that like? Going to school? Look, I remember all
3: of the good things, but I know that my parents were trying to get me medicated for ADHD. I was in and out of counselors' offices all the time. Um, My parents sent me to a therapist for about 10 weeks as a child to have weekly sessions. And then I was just chatting to this therapist and he was doing all the typical things that you do, like, oh, here is a doll's house with all of these dolls. One's a mummy doll and one's a daddy doll. Why don't you tell me what your day is like using the dolls? (laughs) And I was just like, I can recite the entire script and score of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs)
0: Well,
2: that is a, that's a Why are you doing... This is basic. Anyway, the, <laughs> if I was a child psychologist and the kid said to that, I'd resign the next yeah. day. For, for, <laughs> well, what happened
3: was when we came up for the post-10-week kind of thing, the psychiatrist, Robert Hazan, his name was, oh, said to my parents, he's like, Ruben... Just has a wonderful life. <laughs> he's lovely, and my mum is sitting there looking at me, fuming, going, "You kicked a hole in a door the other day. Did you tell him that?" And he's like, "No, he never mentioned it." But he's so charming.
2: Also, so he, he can recite the whole story. Oh, whole of Notre, <laughs> of Notre Dame. He even hit the top D. The, um, <laughs> must have been quite a long session. Expensive. expensive. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, and that, but I, I was bullied pretty, pretty horrifically. Um, certainly my nose was broken a couple of times and my face and all those kinds of things, a lot of anger issues going on, but I just remember, here's an example. I had a friend, Bronwyn, who was in all of my classes in high school, seven, eight, nine, ten, until we really started moving on into like your VCE, which is your, I don't know what it is here. Your last two years yeah, where like you're six, back to form. Yeah. yeah. And my goal every day was to make her cry laughing. And I succeeded every day to make her cry Love. It was like my goal, my thing that got me through. And then at the end, at our 10-year high school reunion, she said to me, did you not think it was weird that I was in every single one of your classes? And I was like, no, I never questioned it. And she said, at the end of every week, I had to report back to our year-level coordinators on you as to how you were doing, who was bullying you, what your behaviour was like, and what your mental state was like. Because my school at that time, I was the only out... Queer kid, I think I was the only queer kid in my school. Um, so they put like a
2: private investigator on you, basically. Yeah, the a of a friend. She
3: was on suicide watch for me because they had no right. idea how to deal with a queer kid, and they didn't have the language to deal with it. Yeah, right. And when I was gay bashed and thrown into like oncoming traffic and like blood pouring out of my head, all this stuff. The, the um, I do remember some of the bad things. The yeah. <laughs> some of them just all flooding back now. Oh, oh, God, regression <laughs> therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Now!
2: <laughs> my, There's uh, not an
1: agreement for outfit coming. That is made it And here yet. he is, it's, it's <laughs> your life. It's, it's <laughs> such a
2: surprise, surprise vibe in here with be amazing hey, You've not seen him for 20 years. Well oh, <laughs> would <through. laughs> like you was... say
3: my vice principal said, Well, you probably need to tone down your behavior. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a real after the yeah. other kids. Like, what are they meant to do? Of course, that was what what was their reaction gonna be when you rock up singing West side story? Of course, you have to turn down your it was that that was the level it was at when I was in school, and now I look at kids now and see how incredible and amazing and how much support there is, and I just—it's a
2: very different landscape, I
3: think. Yeah, yeah, it's that wonderful mix of my heart fucking sings for it, and I get emotional, and then also a small part of me just dies because I think of all the things that I, the experiences I was robbed of. Mm. Like I wasn't allowed to go to the school dance because I was told I'd be killed if I would, kind of thing. And now not that I want to go to a school dance with a bunch of straight teenagers, gross. But (laughs) like it was still a thing. It's still something like that. Like I got my I didn't I didn't get to have first kisses
1: and dating at high school.
3: It's like a mm. melancholy, isn't it? There was a, yeah. pro-
1: a program recently, I don't know if you watched it, called Heartstopper. Yeah. And like so many people of my generation were no, obsessed I, with it and loved it, but there were also like this feeling of like, oh. I didn't watch it for that reason. It feels like you missed yeah. out on something. Yeah, I yeah. knew what
3: I was going to feel. I think I, I knew it was going to be beautiful. I knew it was going to be lovely and sensitive, but I knew what I would feel watching it. It's like, like retrospective like, jealousy, isn't it? Yeah, there's yeah. not enough Ben and Jerry's in the world currently <laughs> to medicate me enough to watch that. How, How was it? your
1: 10-year you- reunion, though?
3: Like, how was that? You went oh there. Oh my god! There was it was a mate. How's this? This is incredible. Um, first off, the four popular girls: um, Rosie, Amy, Alana, and Aredi, uh, all really got Australian stuff. Yes, so so yeah. fucking already, and they all did. They organised it, so like, it's going to be so fun. Oh my god! And they got together for pre-drinks and Rosie Renshaw who if you wanted to put like she's lo- she was always long and gangly and had like a long red bob she kind of looked like a bloodhound but like <laughs> a glam a glam bloodhound, glam right, bloodhound. right just that, <laughs> that level like feet a bit too long you can really her. picture her amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rosie Renshaw got too drunk before the whole thing started passed out in a bathroom stall so the other three girls picked her up drove her to a hospital dumped her, and he went back to the reunion. And quite rightly, soz, this is our special night, which I think is a great story and really tells you what the school was like. But I walked in and I was going there because I was like, what am I doing? Why am I even here? Like, I live in London. I'm one. And the first thing that happened was almost every guy came up to me and apologised to me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Even guys like who I didn't necessarily remember. Like, just, what like did it? you do oh yeah they, <laughs> was, I was just, they were like dude's heart hard." But, hey i'm sorry man the way i treated you i think was really wrong and i just want to say i'm really sorry and i i didn't have the heart to say sorry who are you so it's like oh that's so fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
3: and then this one guy tony zookas who was a like fucking psycho Really kicked the shit out of me and was just one of those people who just, one of those guys who would sit and draw incredibly detailed drawings of AR 15s and fighter jets. Yeah, not a good sign. No, it doesn't, it never blinked enough, right? (laughs) He came up to me,
1: sorry, and this ruined. is that a gun or
3: a plane. My being, if anything, too gay here. They, they're, they're, the AR-15 is the assault rifle. It's a gun, big assault rifle. Yeah. Um it's a gun. It sounds like a plane. He um, he came up. to... <laughs> Something. There's nothing sorry. you can do. Sorry, you're being earnest, <laughs> that I'm ruining it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not ruining it. It's um. The, anyway. <laughs>
2: Sometimes it's just a matter of youth and inexperience. Before this, I asked Michael, he said, I'm going to the bar. I said, I'll just have a pint of lager. And he said, I don't know what a pint of lager is. Well, I know what it is. <laughs> that's he said, that's what you said. That's what you factory.
1: said. No, I know what it is. The problem is, you, you ask a pint of lager, and they say, what kind? And that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, not that young.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on, Robin.
3: No, he, he came up to me and he said, um, I've got kids now, and if anyone did to my kids what I did to you, I would I don't know what I would do, and he kind of went on, and then he really started to get emotional, and then I ended up having to like hold him while he cried on my shoulder. Amazing! And the absolute distilled realization that two things: one, people who commit these kind of acts hold on to that almost more than the people who've had to have been forced to process it. Yeah, because they never have to process. It's his own punishment in a way. Yeah, it's their own. not enough, and, no, um, no, no. and, and enough. then the then the fucking realization that the apology was not about me. Right. Yeah, you're having to cancel him I was through like, his guilt oh, now. For fuck's sake! Now yeah. I'm yeah. lifting with my knees to do your fucking work. Yeah, but, yeah. You're still like, inconveniencing me in a different way. Somehow, I'm still being forced. You're still being yeah. forced upon me. Um, but it's that moment of going. Well, do you know what? I could, I could take him to task, or I could just let this go. And that's what I did. I just was like, "Going, that's fine, man. It's totally fine. I've processed it. If it helps, I and get nah, it." He's,
2: he's on record as a bad guy now. That, what that name again was? No, I planted drugs at his house.
3: <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that thing of going,
2: um, "What
3: are you gonna? What are you gonna hold on to?" Yeah. Um, And it creates what their version, because that's all their parents. In school, we're all in survival mode. We're learning how to be people at the same time as we're being told we have to make life-changing decisions about our future. Like the pressure of, I was lucky. I walked into school going, I'm never going to need anything this school gives me because I'm not going to ever subscribe to a hierarchy of education. That this means that I have to. The pressure isn't on me here. I'm going to be a performer. Not many people have that sort. No, of distance of,
2: from their own school careers. The think.
3: pressure put on kids in that moment, and yeah. then to have their, then to be told at the same time, this is the way you have to act. This is your sexuality. This is all this. I just, I, I, I just think it's like you can't expect to put us all into survival
2: mode, Absolutely. like high gear survival mode, and act in our best interest. That's quite a bit of school does feel like. Survival mode for basically yeah. seven years. If there's any consolation, you could also be straight at school and still not get your first kiss um, for some time. Yeah. I had to wait till the day Princess Diana died. It's a coincidence though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you hope she'd wake up? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. so, uh, it was, these were two different incidents, really. Okay, yeah, these, these these were unconnected. I, mean, it, I can prove I was not in the same country. Okay, perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> there's no way we're cutting that out. We both know it. <laughs>
1: I think a lot of, not all, but a lot of people who don't come out as queer for whatever reason don't kind of do, there's a lot of reflecting you do, isn't there? On like who you are, Mm -hmm. how you want to present yourself, all these things. I think not lots of straight people do that necessarily, do that work. A big assumption, sweeping assumption. Um, But you mentioned there that you had to process some quite horrible stuff when you're quite young. How did you manage that? Into um, this well-adjusted well, person my, we see in front of us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> some might argue I'd have it. <laughs> um,
3: well, I I know I was given all the opportunities to process it via the normal pathways, you know, therapy. My parents tried to push me into therapy. I've had therapists. Um, and for a lot of that, um, for some things it worked, but I'm a firm believer that also your body processes things. Mm. This might sound and feel free, any psychologist or psych... People get your crystals in the room, out, like, everyone.
1: Get your crystals out.
3: But, like, I do... I, I believe that grief, like my dad dying, um, uh, not guilty, found by court, they... <laughs> I'm not the one that flinging accusations I, around. I, had to, I was like, oh, well, it's pretty cut and dry. I just have to let my body go through this fucking grief.
2: Yeah, I don't think that sounds not, serious at all. I think not, many, most doctors will tell you about the interrelation between mind and body. Exactly. Right. And, and I think thing. that that's yeah. very true of trauma... In many cases,
3: it's as much a physical and For mental sure. thing. It's about, yeah. it's about that. So that's how I felt I, I really processed it. And I guess understanding that um, as wronged as I was, it was by people who, were, who, didn't, who weren't being given, who didn't have the tools, didn't have the tools to know. Mm. you know at that point how deleterious their actions would be yeah. and they were acting out oh, of what, survival
2: sorry? deleterious there very nice word that is very oh, nice certainly the first <laughs> instance of that word in mankind did i use it for little that, face like that that was lovely thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> dictionary corner over there <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't
1: tell you what it means but i like the sound of mm. it damaging basically damaging. yeah yeah very nice
2: yeah but it's just a fancier word for it yeah We'll have a quick think about Dilla <laughs> Sorry, might be I'm for just a, absorbing it. I'm still no. thinking about who's wanking over me. Carry on. Do you want to ask the next?
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you want to ask the no, <laughs> Ruben later. Uh, do you want to ask the next Sorry. question? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: he hasn't blinked. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think are, are good examples of masculinity? Was that how we? Marlene about? Dietrich. Yeah. Marlene Dietrich. and <laughs> Café de Paris. It, yes, yeah. it, can be, it can be then or now
3: or you can interpret it however you want. Grace Jones and Marlene Dietrich <laughs> and Annie Lennox in the Sweet Dreams video. KD Lang. All non-men so far. Yeah, but fucking look better in a suit than any of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are really the people who I turned to to learn how yeah, to I'm act. Yeah, not criticising, by the way. It's very yeah. interesting. No, 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 answer. no. no. Yeah, those, yeah. Are, those were literally my most masculine ideals. And I think that's... I mean, aesthetically, you can see where I've kind of snipped and snapped. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, for me, those were the most powerful things you saw. Even, like, as, a, as, a, as an entry-level reference, you're looking at Madonna, you know, mm-hmm. in the suit and the Jean-Paul yeah. Gaultier bra. And that I did look
2: at it. That yeah, yeah I bet yeah. I'm sure you did. Yeah. We
3: all did. <laughs> I, um, those were the moments of masculinity because those were the, the people that I, I felt were powerful and strong but weren't going to try and hurt me. Yeah. And every man who I had ever encountered when I was forming as a, as a, hu- as a young human, if I encountered a masculine man, I immediately associated that with a threat. Mm. Not surprisingly, given what you did experience. Yeah, first. exactly. Yeah. Do you and still? I would say that there's, I don't think any gay man my age wouldn't. And I don't think there's any gay man my age that wouldn't walk into a straight bar with either a little apprehension or knowing where an exit was.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is quite something to think about, really. Or knowing the bars to
1: not hold hands outside and things like
3: that. Yeah, Yeah. when I first moved to London in 2010, I started seeing a man and um, and it took me so long to hold his hand in public, even though it was London. He's like, no, it's London, man. You can relax. I was like, but you never can, really. No. It's like that thing of kissing your partner in public. I mean, how many queer people in this room, when you're kissing your partner in public, still do a safety check, still do an unconscious, like, yeah, okay. Because I certainly do. Mm.
2: Um, These are things that straight people like me don't really think about very often. Like, you don't realise how you're conspiring in that sort of environment without really doing anything other than just not thinking about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, and a riff on the question i suppose is what aspects of femininity do you love if we if we accept that masculinity and femininity are concepts
3: yeah what which i kind of i'm still on the fence about to be fair, same. I, unless you're talking, <laughs> unless you're talking about a commercial aesthetic perhaps yeah and then you can interplay because i can't think of anything why is why would nurturing and caring and emotional vocabulary not be part of the male Experience. You want it to be
1: part of
2: the overall human it's experience. It should be the overall... Basically. Exactly that's right. The, that's got to be exactly the end
1: for right. yeah. It's the, it's the problem we've come up again and
2: again during this podcast, isn't no, it? Yeah. Really? We kind of
1: opened it thinking about masculinity, and it's kind of broadened to just well, be about
2: people. Yeah, because a lot of people do rightly take Ruben's tack, which is basically that talking about masculinity as a sort of sealed-off, separate yeah, concept Yeah, but I think is there is still value maybe. in
1: the fact that we still... Even if you take away the kind of concept mm. of gender and you can separate yourself from it, there are still things in the world that we ourselves and society around us prescribe as masculine or feminine. Oh, for
2: sure. And we still have to keep the podcast right. going. Yeah. And we have
1: another 50 episodes to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, why, that's why masculinity and femininity are technically useful
3: tools in marketing, mainly.
2: Mm. When you but talk I think about
3: social dynamic, I don't
1: necessarily know how useful they are. Right. But when you're trying to market
3: something, yes, they're a shortcut to a specific
2: yes.
1: type of... But also trait. non-gendered stuff, is becoming quite marketable now. Like you look at... Um, big fast fashion brands and their mm. whole thing now is unisex yeah. and that is becoming uh, the new commercial really, do you know what i was walking past um do you guys know there's an aussie brand
3: called zimmerman i don't know if any of you are familiar really high florals is it is, is it an australian brand have i gone crazy there sorry i think yeah big florals big shoulders kind of great and um and really big wavy stuff and i walked past their shop and I was like, oh, that's great. And a friend of mine had a dress and I tried it on and I was like, oh, oh. And I said, your stuff, you should, you should make a, um, you should, what do I say? You should, make, you should make your clothes unisex. And then, oh, well, they are unisex. I said, well, no, they're not because they aren't cut to and designed for different body types. You're using an incre- uh, like a binary associated female form for your sample size. So they are cut to a female market, and that's totally fine. But you, you can say they can be worn by people of all genders, but they're not made for it. Yeah,
2: that's a distinction. That's yeah. What you mean. Mm. Uh,
1: final question, but we can kind of riff on it, I think, is about three qualities that you're building to a person to, to le- kind of let them
2: thrive in the world we live in. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Build-A-Bear workshop, Ruben?
1: <laughs> it's a very different meaning in my community. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I asked with a certain amount of apprehension, I have Thank to say. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. You can build a bear if you'd like to, if that's the person you want to picture. Can I be
3: the beehive, though? <laughs> yes, go
1: ahead. Thank then. you. We're going deep um, here. Then... Not the first time
3: you said that. Yes, yes. carry on. Well <laughs> so, good, strong. Um, oh, God, what would I build into a human being if I was going to to myself a, um,
2: a Rocky? Fairly unusual to hear Frankenfurter uses as a verb there, but you comfortable with that? I the doctor one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: not the sausage.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if they they have a medical license. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, well, God. The Build-A-Pairwork Workshop is already quite versatile in our minds, to be fair. Yes. It, it can be a lot of things. Um, what
3: would I build into someone? It can be physical or... Or qualities. spiritual qualities what am I through. what is this per, like what's the purpose is it just to imbue something into a human for them to
1: have a happy life yeah basically I think that's a happy life and not be a dick okay okay. Yeah. okay,
2: so either um, a happy or a good life or however you choose to see it yeah um, it is tough actually when we frame humility, it like that humility wit um, strong sense of self Oh. Humility, wit, strong sense of self. Yeah,
1: I don't think I'm ticking many of those. We talking about? Thank you.
3: If I can add a fourth, I'd add a bank account because that just
1: <laughs> 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 it really it's, hands
3: it's you money. It's shitty. It's shitty to admit, but mm, <laughs> you, it's to make you to make your life just a little bit less stressful. Money. Yeah. Our oh, money. Yeah. Useful, wouldn't it yeah. be lovely to be able to say to someone, "There you go. You will not have to worry about this one aspect, which pervades every fucking part of your life."
1: Yeah. Why, yeah, why those three? Why, why humility? What do you think humility gives to somebody? Because anyone who doesn't have humility is automatically a fuckwit.
3: Like you meet them and you <laughs> just is, go, yeah. oh no, no one is that fucking good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On this no show, one so is true. that brilliant. Yeah.
3: yeah. And the best. best people you meet are the people, well the best people who've achieved a lot in my, that I've met in my life, and like, oh fuck, I finally get to meet these people, have been the most down-to-earth, kind people. And that comes from like... Knowing, knowing how knowing how good you are, but knowing, which is your strong sense of self mm-hmm. and reality, being grounded in reality. And then knowing that there are people who are better at it than you. There are people that are
2: worse at it than you. Yeah. There are better people in the world than you. So you always have work to do. And uh, no one is that great. Is it? Like, it's not a negative thing to no. say. It's just no one understands how to live really. Everyone is... I can't imagine looking at yourself... Well, I can imagine some people look at themselves naked and think, that's going well. But, like, <laughs> no one can take an inventory of their whole self and think, I'm doing this really well without it being something of a fuckwit. Exactly. Short. I Katie mean, I Elon Katie Musk. Um, yeah, and look at him. Yeah. The fucker, uh, he's sending he's cars good. into space and all sorts because he hasn't taken time to think, maybe I'm a dick. Yeah. It, I I, I, um, I met Katie Lang since you met just once. Oh, and really? sure enough, she was, I think, I assume it's she. That yes. It was was uh, exactly that. Had very little sense of, I am Katie Lang. It was just exactly, as you put it, you know, it is, and you're right. That's where se- sense of self comes from. People, you see it so much at the fringe. People that talk themselves off excessively, very rarely it's a cliche, but it is true. It's got yeah. to come from some sense uh, that something's lacking that you refuse to acknowledge. People that are really good at what they do tend to wear it quite lightly. Mm. I think it's a bit cliche to say, but you think about
1: those like childhood bullies. That comes from a place of lacking whether that's understanding whether that's it's that, I, don't have I think that's strong sense of self yeah, not right. knowing
3: what you are and where you stand yeah means that you automatically feel the need to reposition yourself and that can be anything from putting someone else down so that you suddenly feel higher in standing for sure you know, right. or dragging others down with you it's yeah. that kind of, it's that clambering for position on the ladder
2: but if you have a strong sense of self at least you know what yeah, it's where a lot of racism and sexism obviously comes from this crisis of masculinity from people knowing deep down I'm not bringing a lot to the table here. Like, or they get
3: manipulated by governments who tell them that people are taking from you. Well, that would never happen here, but yes. No, no, never. We're <laughs> actually fine here. Never happened.
1: <laughs> uh, on space, just thinking about space quickly, <laughs> Yeah. would you
2: want to go if someone invited you? Because I don't think I would. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, you would go? gotcha yeah, yeah. Really? Well, as long as it wasn't... I mean, I get nervous on planes, so probably not. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> if I was assured it would be an all right journey. You famously don't like storms, and it's quite bad on the way down I hear. Yes, and I also don't like thinking about eternity, and that would fucking do it. So actually, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. The idea of space and
3: the gasping eternal void and yeah. deep water for me is a really sketchy concept. Yeah, I think the reason really that terrifying. I'm attracted
2: to it is also the reason I shouldn't do it, which is that yeah. when I see those photos taken from space or, and the, the infinite, essential infinity of it, you do sort of think... It's such a wonderful, grounding, amazing thing. But also, it would absolutely make you go insane. The picture's so, yeah. Yeah.
1: pretty, but it's meant to be very cold. Uh, yeah, I
3: think... But also, yes. there's, can I say... The weather's we not great, about, yeah. Whenever astronauts have talked about the experience of space, they've also talked about the sound of space, which is this sort of low-level, like, sucking roar yeah. in space. And that, to me, is just such a terrifying concept.
2: Yeah, actually... Just to hear this constant... Like, that would just fucking freak out. Oh, Low-level no no, no.
1: sucking raw also uh, in the yeah. position of Ruben
2: on Grindr. It's true. I'm now, I'm now thinking I've weighed it up and I might go to Greece instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's cheaper as well.
1: <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of talking. This has been lovely. The end of talking. Uh, the end of talking. Uh, <laughs> but does that's anybody the else? The That's what I'm going to say on the, the last day of the Fringe. Oh,
2: that's the end of talking. The end of talking. <laughs> does
1: anybody from the audience have any questions that we haven't asked? How short are we time We have about five minutes. Oh, fine, fine. Just, yeah.
2: We were that thorough. But it's a lovely length like, for a podcast episode, lovely. actually. I'll, I'll ask you please.
1: a question. Um, would you My rather... show's on a
2: 930 oh, I mean, we'll, we'll, get was... <laughs> we'll
1: get there, we'll get there. I was just going to say... As us no questions. Would you rather fight one rhino-sized crab or 100 crab-sized rhinos? And you do have to fight them with no extra equipment. <laughs> what size crab? So, like, one of the, like, the, you know, like, this big? Like, the ones that you eat, they're crossed because you eat them. Absolutely, because where else am I going to get the chance to eat a rhino? So, but you have to kill it first. No problem. How are you going to do it? Because <laughs> it's I got snappy. It. It's got snappy. How would I do it? How would I you kill? Look, you look. You okay? 100? Yeah, it's just uh, things have taken a turn. A hundred <laughs> <100 laughs>
3: crab-sized
2: rhinos. It's all going a bit Richard Herring here. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, I well, wonder.
3: I wonder how I would do it. I mean, if laboriously.
1: If you can, can get under, answer. you could probably so flip them.
3: Yeah, because yeah, then that's still crabs. Rhinos can get back up, can they? Can they? But there's hundreds of them. There's something very troubling about this whole rhino-crab hybrid. I've I've got it. Okay. One huge foam block. Whack it down on them. They all stick to it. And then you flip that. Yeah, that is quite
2: pleasing. Yeah, very, yeah. Well, I'm glad
1: you've got a plan for like that. First. <laughs> Thank you. That's lovely. Um, now it's time to plug. Uh, where can people find you in the Fringe? So I'm at Assembly Checkpoint.
3: And beyond uh, the Fringe,
2: actually, because obviously this will go out. Yeah, know, it's it's um, yeah.
3: So during the Fringe, uh, Wednesday to Sunday, I'm at Checkpoint, Assembly Checkpoint, which is the old Adventist church. <laughs> where else would you have Perfect. me? Very good uh, venue. My show, The Butch is Back, uh, which is sort of like um. I don't know. It's a link between masculinity and the apocalypse, almost like they're related. In this amazing moment. In this amazing moment in history where the UK is trying to decide between Fred and Rose West. Uh, and then uh, We didn't put that on the Taurus brochures, but yeah. Please do. And then uh, Friday to Sunday at eleven forty PM, I have a late night show called The K-Hole which is me, my band, and my favourite acts from the Fringe. I throw them on the stage, I give them the rock band, and we see what flies. It is it's so selling the fuck out. So get yourself a ticket, book. Um, then uh, beyond the Fringe, I'm at the Soho Theatre from the 2nd till the 10th of September oh, with my second, band, Ruben K that. and the Close Contacts. Great. We'll go. And yeah, we, and we might want well to go. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Two uh, tickets sold there. Two tickets. Sold. And sorted. Yes. <laughs> Uh, And after that, I'm in Berlin on the 17th and 18th of September at the Wintergarden, and then I'm in Zurich for all of October um, at Pink Rabbit on all the weekends there. And then I don't know where I'll be. Oh, social media, media, just Ruben K uh, on Twitter, Ruben K on TikTok, Ruben K official on Instagram, because there's another Ruben K who's 14 years old and has <laughs> one post.
2: <laughs> one post, and that is wrecking the algorithm, uh, <laughs> screwing me up.
3: <laughs> have you asked? So come at huh? harm. Have you asked? To have yes, it? no response. Oh, seen. I'm still in message requests Oh, hurtful. I know. Which is kind of like great, like being edged for my <laughs> for my ego is a lot. But by a 14-year-old. No, we're they? moving on.
1: Okay,
2: sure.
3: <laughs> the minute I said the word, I knew I'd chosen the wrong word, and I kind of tried
2: to back it. With my ego, with my ego. You've been an ideal guest, Ruben. This is perfect. Thank, thank you for so much, so, Ruben K. Okay, everyone. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope I enjoyed it. Normally I actually do listen to them before they go out. So I can, I'm I'm the guy that writes the, we talked about this, this and this. That you see the descriptions? Not always. Sometimes Alex or Seren guest writes them. Anyway, I haven't even been able to re-listen to this. So I probably listened to it about the same time as you did. Didn't we have a good time? Uh, next week there will be an episode. It'll either be another one that we've got in the bank or hopefully there might be one that we've recorded uh, soon. It's, we're having a lot of diary difficulty, but we enjoy doing Mankind. If you enjoy it, please do the usual things. Give us nice reviews, correspond with us, all the things that Michael um, is so psychologically dependent on, even though he has his other podcasts these days. Uh, And since I mentioned the Edinburgh Fringe, where that one was recorded, it is coming around again. If you are coming, please look into our shows. And if you can't come, you'll be able to watch a lot of it online. Uh, And there's a lot of other shows to look out for as well. And I've got a book coming out. And I'm sure Michael has things going on, but he's not here, is he? I am. I've been Mark Watson. This was Mankind.
0: Hold up.